Hello and welcome to Finding My Voice, episode 13. Yay! All right, let's see. Today, I'm actually going to read you two sonnets at the end of this, because something interesting happened that I want to talk about. It's related to Finding My Voice in a more, bit more artistic way. But one thing that struck me, translation-related first, that I really want to mention, because it's, to me, a very heartwarming thing. Uh, it's not going to take too long. It's um about the mirror. When I look at the mirror, 2019, I went to a New Year's Eve party with Hannah. This was way before I was openly out. And Hannah, oh, wow, no, I used her name. Well, you don't know the last name, so that's fine. Uh, Hannah is the friend I've been talking about. Um, that was the first one I came, came out to back in like 2012 or 13 or something. And I've known her for a long time. And uh, I, I think she got sick of me living in the closet because she could see how, how much she was hurting me. And she was living in Denmark at the time. And she said, I'm having a New Year's Eve party and I want you to come to it. And at first it was supposed to be a like dinner and a show thing because her husband's uh, in, in a show. Like a, they're like a musical band. That's like a kind of a burlesque carnival kind of. It's a really cool thing. Uh, circ they're like, uh, come and see the circus. They're called Circus with a Z. Um, they're really awesome, and uh, her husband's like a great guy. Um, but that, that's not the point. Um, but when when it actually got time to to get there, the show was canceled. So instead, they just moved the party uh, to someone's apartment. So the whole band was there, and the band's families. And I went to Denmark, and we bought, uh, and she bought me my first dress, and. You know, we, uh, like, I put makeup on, and, and this was the first time I was out in the open as me. And it felt safer, first of all, because I was with her, and this was in Denmark. I was not at any risk of running into anyone I know. So it felt, it felt safer. Uh, it was actually quite funny, because, you know... Um, Denmark has a much more liberal alcohol policy than, than Sweden does. We went to the parking uh, parking area of the mall, and they were serving champagne in the parking area, you know, where people drive their cars. And though I just asked them, like, oh, so it's non-alcoholic champagne? And they were like, no, this is Denmark. And they just smiled at me, like, because, you know, I'm the, the Swedish sissy who, who can't hold my alcohol, you know? Um, well, that's, okay, that's another another uh, offshoot. Um, she bought me my dress, and um, she took me bra fitting. It was just a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, and shout out to the, to the person in the store who helped us out. She was also wonderful. But we went to, this, to, the, to the party. All in all, it ended quite poorly because Hannah got food poisoning, but until then it was wonderful. And there's one specific thing I wanted to mention. I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. I mean, obviously I'd seen the mirror when we put the makeup on and stuff like that, but at the party, I caught, my, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and it hit me. I don't hate what I see. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I had never felt that way before. 
It was the most amazing feeling. Like when you think about it, it's kind of sad that that I had never felt that before. But just that feeling was so amazing, so euphoric, so incredible. Um, and it's yeah, it's magical. Then, of course, uh, that's. You know that's one to, uh, one one peak of euphoria. Then you know it's back to 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 uh, to dysphoria. Uh, I wasn't out openly everywhere else yet at the time, so I still went to work uh, as my dead name. And what I was afraid when I, I started going out in the street sometimes as myself, but I was always terrified. And there are features of my face I absolutely hate. Makeup helps. Uh, but you know, it, it can't do magic and I, I really would like to not have to wear makeup all the time because I don't think that's a thing women should have to do, but I have features of my features that I have to compensate for using makeup and I would like to not have those features. Um, and after about a year and a half on hormones, my shape is, shape, face is actually starting to change a bit. Uh, it's got a long ways to go, and possibly I will need some surgery if I could ever afford it. Um, there are some really light touches I can do that'll make a big difference, but yeah, it's expensive. But the little changes from the hormones so far does make a difference, and the other day it did strike me when I was putting makeup on, yeah. I don't hate it. There are features I still hate, but all in all, I hate my face less and less. And that's amazing. That's just really, really wonderful. I mean, a lot of people take that for granted. And it's not like, I know, I know a lot of people don't like the way they look, and it's heartbreaking for everyone. But when it's gender dysphoria, it's, it's a different kind of level. Uh, it's not just not conforming to society's beauty standards and feeling left out and that kind of thing. That's certainly part of it. But it's also the fact that this becomes uh, a hindrance, like a locked gate between you and being seen as who you are. This erases your identity in the eyes of the world, and that's really painful. But feeling this change, feeling that that my face is less and less of an obstacle, is wonderful. And I I know HRT is uh, hormone replacement therapy. It's always a genetic lottery. People have different effects. There's always um, feminization surgery if we also can afford it. But yeah, I wanted to share that. Because hating my face less is a really big deal. And I love it. And I wanted a positive story. A lot of negative things have been happening lately. I still owe you an angry rant. I just don't want to do it because I'll feel bad about it. Like, not, not, I don't feel bad about ranting because, you know, ranting needs to be done. But it'll put me in a bad mood. So I will do it eventually. Not yet. <laughs> and also, yeah, another part of it uh, is that I've been doing video interviews with role-playing creators, um, which has been fun. So I had to watch my face when editing that video. And I'm, I'm starting to feel like, yeah, 
yeah, I'm, I'm not hating my face. Wonderful. Okay, there we go. That's the transition-related story of the day. And I told you you're going to get two sonnets today. And the reason for that is it's a fun angle to the idea of finding my voice because one of my types of expression has been poetry. I haven't written poetry for a long time. I started this spring when I started writing poetry in between game sessions of Simba Room in character. I loved it. And I started writing, I thought I started writing in iambic pentameter and I felt really cultural. It wasn't really sophisticated. Uh, I think I read, I read a poem like that from, in, in Sapphire's character, uh, which is like what I thought was iambic pentameter, uh, but it was like every line, I had like the, the couplets was like you rhymed a line and then then you had two more lines that rhymed and just kept going like that. That's a little simplistic. It was still fun poems, obviously. Um, but later I moved on to writing sonnets, which is a bit of a, a little bit more complex and Shakespearean. And I was getting really proud. I felt really, really hoity-toity and artistic. Um, and I wrote a lot of them and I've been reading them. And I realized last week when I showed one to my friend, who's also a drama nerd and loves Shakespeare and poetry, and dra dramatic poetry. And I've, I've shown him other poems as well, by the way, and he hasn't commented on the earlier ones. So he was, it flew by him as well. But he was like, hang on, shouldn't it be like pentameter? And I was like, it is. And he's like, no, it isn't. Uh... You just got four iamps. I'm like, no, I don't. I know what pentameter is. I've done it before. But then I counted them, and it was right. My poems were all going, da-dum, 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 da-dum. That was one line. And that's four iamps. And it's obvious. I know, I've known what pentameter is. I just haven't done it. I think I, I, think I made the mistake in the first poem I wrote. And I really loved it so much that that's the rhythm that stuck in my head. And I kept doing it for like the rest of the year, doing it wrong. And that's kind of embarrassing. Although I did, I looked back at it and said, you know what? Yeah, know what? And some of my friends said, it's not wrong. It's your voice. It's your poetry. It's your expression. It doesn't matter if it follows Shakespeare's rules. You made your own rule. And sure, yeah, I didn't. I didn't write pentameter wrong. I invented quatrometer. And that's kind of true. Uh, although I do want to write pentameter. So I started, I wrote one sonnet to consolidate myself. To like just, just, just admit to, to me and everyone who ever reads my poems. Well, you know, be clear with it. I wrote it wrong and I'm going to better myself. But I, but in this poem, I defended my wrong poems because they're still I still love them and I found reasons for it because most of my poems are from in the context of role-playing games and in Simba Room Ambrians they never had Shakespeare why would they write Shakespearean rules in in Westmark Alvhild's poems this was before Shakespeare's time even if it was in our world so that doesn't need to be pentameter either so yeah all those I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them 
There's only one real poem I need to change, really, and that's uh, Ingalils, the one, ironically, the one I read to you last week. So if I just held out one week, I wouldn't have to do it wrong. But yes, Ingalil, as I said in my introduction, the medium from Vasen, uh, is a Shakespeare fan. So for her to write a Shakespearean sonnet wrong just makes no sense. So I'm gonna I changed that. So that's why you're getting two poems. You're gonna you're gonna get my you're gonna get my poem about having discovered that a little rock, and then you're gonna get the updated version of Ingalil's po- uh, poem "To the Dead." Um, and um, I think that that's gonna be all for the character talk for this episode. I do still want to answer questions in character. I want to talk more about Leah, actually, my my 13-year-old cleric. I want to talk about my Mass Effect 5e character as well, because um, I play Mass Effect. Uh, the uh, It's a role-playing game, uh, a conversion of 5e into Mass Effect, the famous um, Bioware um uh, computer role-playing game with a wonderful, wonderful world attached. I'm playing in Asari with a very, very dark twist to her. Her name is Nadea, and she's wonderfully rude and bratty. And uh, I think I think if you like that kind of thing, you like her. Um, so uh, I'd like a question either about a character or... Or to a character, and I'll answer it in character. I'll also like to put myself out there for for talks with people. If you got your own role play pod or a trans pod, I'd like to do a collaboration and talk to you. Just reach out to me. Or if you just want to talk to me related to something else, that's wonderful. I've been really enjoying these interviews I've been doing. Uh, so I can answer in real time. Oh, oh, if anybody wants to interview one of my characters while I'm in character, that could be fun. Reach out to me. I'll do it. Let's see. So this is going to be quite a short episode because I'm actually going to play Mass Effect in half an hour or so. Uh, I'm going to go off into space and save the galaxy. I'm probably not going to save the galaxy because my character's a little bit on the evil side. Uh, sorry, Renegade Side is what you call it in Mass Effect. But all right, here we go. Here is my poem about having written poems wrong. The weight of hubris hits me hard today. So proud I've been of sonnets writ by me. They flow like rivers, brighten up my day. And to my mind the lines all perfect be. So why then with this brilliant mind of mine... Could I have failed to spot a hole so dark? A glaring cavity in every line, impoverished five where robber left his mark. But why should four be wallowing in shame? Though Venus shines with beauty, this be true, the test of time she stood and earned her name, does she leave room for other virtues too? Methinks that beauty's heart be good and kind to let her little sister also shine. So yeah. Um, reading it out loud makes me realize that, yeah, Pentameter, you know, is famous for a reason. Reading these lines is just a joy. But I love my quadrometer poems too. 
they're the little sister of the pentameter. And these sisters love each other, so, you know. Uh, most of my poems from now I'm going to write in... No, wait. I'm going to write in pentameter more now. But I will keep writing my quadrometer, too, whenever it's in a fantasy world. I talked to my game master, and she... You see my room, and, and we made quadrometer the official form of of Ambrian poetry, <laughs> so that my, my poems can still be canon. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, I hope, I wonder, did you hear the difference? Is it much better? Uh, or do you love, the, are my f uh, four Iamb poems cool too? Well, anyway, um, that was my uh, amendment sonnet. And now comes my actual amended sonnet. Oh, yeah, I want to fill in a bit Ingalil as well. In my last episode, I talked about Ingalil, the medium, and I introduced myself as her. And there's, you're going to hear a lot more about her, I think, because I haven't started playing her yet. We're probably going to start playing her in January or February, maybe even March, depending on when our game master you know, has time. She's got a lot on her plate. But I filled out the backstory even more. And I realized I really love her. Uh, she's an interesting character and has an interesting past. I'd really like to read a book about her. Well, well, then, but but it's my character, so I guess I'm gonna have to write the book first, and maybe I'll. Do, I think I will. But I faced the problem that this is a constellation of other characters, and we we are a group of role players, and I feel kind of rude writing a story about my character, kind of making her the main character, because. I would like to continue writing it and go, and write about our adventures. Uh, and that will kind of make her seem like the main character. I want to get around that somehow. Uh, and then I realized how. This is like the 1800s. Books written then, like, like you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, there's a very popular trope or very popular writing technique for horror back then, which is like found footage uh, writing. Like, a book is a make-believe collection of diaries and, and newspaper clippings and reports that tell the story. So yeah, like, Blair Witch Project didn't, wasn't first with this. Mockumentary-style storytelling, all the books did that too. And that would be perfect for Ingalil. Having, you know, studied literature from a young age, I can start writing, po like, diaries with poems in them, by the way, uh, from a young age. And follow her life, playing with her ghostly imaginary friends, having the exorcism, uh, her family falling apart, uh, running away from home, and just doing all this in, in diary form. And then keep elaborating. Like, like she thinks her brothers still hate her because they did when she ran away, but they were children too. And they wanted their mother back and blamed her for their mother being gone, which makes sense for a child to do. She doesn't actually know. I left this up to the Game Master, if they ever show up in-game, that they might not hate her. Um, and then, once that's cleared out, I can write diaries, diary entries, or letters between the brothers describing meeting their sister again. It's a nice way to keep the story flowing. And if I write one that kind of uh, has her backstory and then the first adventure we play in one book, and then we play a few more adventures. There's a thing in the game where you 
where you get a headquarters and you can add rooms to it. And there is one room, a record keeping room, where you get extra experience points for writing logs of what happened in the in the um, adventure. And I thought that's how we can make the story about all of us. So I so I am not the main character. Everyone gets to write diary entries from that point on. So we get the story from different perspectives. And we can put in like some newspaper clippings and reports as well. That could be really fun. I would love to do that. And if you if you think that would be fun, if you would read it, then yes. Yes. Tell me and uh, that'll inspire me more. Great. Uh, and also, if you have another question for Ingalil, please ask. I want to talk as my character. Wow. I just got a Facebook blimp. Blimp. Bleep. I thought I... Well, maybe you didn't hear that. Oh. So I didn't have to tell you. Great! I'm dumb. <laughs> anyway, I'm almost done now. I'm going to read you the updated version of Ingalil's sonnet, um, which is an actual pentameter, because she's a Shakespeare fan. It doesn't make sense for her to get the pentameter wrong. So this is the new version of To the Dead. O oh, spirit, with thy presence do me grace. Fulfilled thy path has been from dust to dust. For kings and lords and beggars all do face the very same fate as the rest of us. But here among us still thy spirit be, held back by sorrow, vengeance, or regret. Thy last breath drawn, but still thee cannot see. God's holy grace or devil's fire yet. The living in this room are asking for thy voice to reach across that dreaded line. So speak now, friend, again, and live once more. The beating heart within this breast be thine. Now to my flesh and blood I give thee lease. I beg, good soul, be gentle with it, please. And that's where a ghost would possess her. I talked to the game master and what she's going to do, what we're going to do when I get possessed in character is that she's, she's going to write to me what the character, what the ghost character will want to say and how they'll want to say it. And I'll act that out just to freak out my fellow players. Oh, gosh darn it. Some of them might listen to this. And now I spoil the surprise. All right. Could you, you who listen to this, just, just don't, don't, don't spoil the surprise because it's going to be fun and creepy as heck. <laughs> Okay, great. Uh, I'm off to space as Nidea the Asari. Um, love you all and uh, talk to you again next week. Goodbye.